everyone. Thank you for listening to The Death of VHS, the movie review podcast. Please remember that the language and topics might not be suitable in a typical work environment, as there might be strong language or triggering topics during the review of movies, ranging from a G rating to an R rating. Thanks again, and enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone, to the second episode of The Death of VHS. I am Jones, and I'll be your host today as we discuss the 1985 Chuck Norris classic, Code of Silence. With me today are Richie, Oni, and Jamie. Daly is busy and won't be joining us today. I believe he's fighting dingoes or wrestling a kangaroo. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure what he does for fun over there in the Upside Down. Um, but how are the rest of you doing today, fellas? Doing good. Good yep. morning. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Welcome, welcome. Doing great. All right. Sounds good. Glad to hear from you guys. Um, so let's just jump right on in um, to the box office stats and get us the movie info. Um, what are we looking at, Jamie? Yes. So, uh, like we mentioned, I, I think we mentioned, uh, released in May 3rd, 1985. So this movie, disregarding our uh, our holiday special of Beetlejuice, so far it's the highest uh, budget movie uh, that we've reviewed at $7 million, which is about $19.2 million today. Pretty decent for a movie with no real special effects. And it grossed worldwide over $20 million, uh, which is about $56 million today. And even if it, in its opening weekend, I believe it was number one at $5.5 million, which is about $15 million today. Pretty, pretty good for a action crime drama. Yeah, not bad. Not bad, especially for mid-80s. That's uh, pretty good. Let's jump right into the movie. I will give you a brief synopsis. A Code of Silence is classified as an action crime drama. It's directed by Andrew Davis, and it stars Chuck Norris, Silva, Dennis Farina, amongst many others. It's actually got a really tight cast. Um, a lot of big names in there. But the gist of the story is that Eddie Cusack, who is Chuck Norris, um, is a Chicago cop. He's actually a sergeant. And he gets caught up in the middle of a gang war. Uh, the movie itself opens up on a drug bust, and that kind of sets events rolling. Um, we learn a couple things. Um, number one is that Chuck Norris is this highly uncorruptible and responsible figure within the department, and that's earned him a bit of a reputation. And there's also others in the department um, who are quite the opposite. Um, we have some corrupt individuals um, who do some really sketchy things. And then we have others who kind of stay silent and just go along with it. So that creates a lot of the tension in the movie and creates some of the drama that we'll be getting into as we discuss the movie itself. It's set in 1985 Chicago. Um, you can definitely get the 80s feel from the sets, uh, the cars, the dialogue. But that's the brief synopsis of the movie. Um, we'll get right into um, what the others think of the movie itself. So what what do you guys think? What's your opinion on Code of Silence? Uh, honestly, um, when, <laughs> when the bot first rolled this movie, I was, I was kind of 
concerned that I would be uh, laughing a lot at this movie because uh, we looked at the trailer and I, I saw the trailer and I was just by the end of it I was rolling on the floor laughing. Um, it was pretty pretty comical of a trailer in my opinion. Uh, I don't know if it's because I have you know I watched people like honest trailers and and stuff like that that really make fun of fun of movies uh, and point out the glaring obvious problems of movies and plots but uh, I looked at it and and I was laughing a lot by the end of it 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 gets me every time he said code of silence I was like yeah this is very much uh, a 80s film through and through but then uh, I watched it and honestly I can say that the trailer does not do it justice it really doesn't Uh, it was a it, it was a pretty good film for me to, to experience the first time. This was my first time personally watching it. Uh, I thought the the message of the overall movie was really great. I do like the fact that, that it dives into a very realistic type of problem that a lot of, lot of cops, um, and I'm going to say cops, I know it's a pejorative term, uh, police officer is, is what I'll usually say, but it's hard to say police officer a million times. Uh, so... Uh, pardon me out there in the audience, but a lot of cops face this type of type of situation where they, you know, they, they, they should be sticking up for one another. It's a trust issue. So I thought it was a really good movie. The problems I have with it is more along the lines of the realism of it all. Obviously it's a Chuck Norris film. It's designed to be action action-packed, very much lone wolf scenario. That's what Chuck Norris is good at. Uh, He's very typecasted in all of his films. I didn't like the fact that it didn't have a lot of more Chuck Norris action to it uh, because he's really, really much into martial arts. You only get really one big scene, and that scene is just rife with a lot of inaccuracies anyway. I mean, the pool hall scene where he's just fighting off, you know, 30 guys, just rush him in at once, guys. And you could have had that fight over in two seconds and not a lot of people would have got hit. Like, it's just those like realisms for me that kind of turned me away from the movie a little bit. Uh, But I think the director did really well with it. And uh, overall, I thought it was a great film. It just lacked that realism factor. Even, Even if his whole squad turns against him, he still has you know, that, that, uh, the, that command, you know, he's still in a position where it's like, I'm a, I'm a sergeant. Like, what, what do you even mean? Like, how can you not support me? Uh, but like, I get it. I just wanted more realism out of it, I guess, in in my opinion <laughs> overall. But I, the, the film was pretty great. I, I thought it was, uh, action packed, had some funny scenes that made no sense. Like it, it's, you know, wounded partner that kept talking about how he, uh, how he was, uh, <laughs> making up retirement plans for, for them. Very, very cliche. Like, uh, the writing of the movie itself, the script, the script was, it was comical to a point, which, uh, you know, for a, a cop thriller, <laughs> which I'm a big fan of cop thrillers, uh, kind of made little sense to it, but I think it was just trying to provide the overall perspective of what it was like to be (laughs) day-to-day tech cop, you know? Okay. Yeah. I I understand that. I I think for me, when I, if I'm going to watch a movie, 
from the 80s, 90s. Well, I guess anything before maybe 2010, I'm already going to assume it's going to be a cliche. And, you know, by by this point in our lives, we've seen this story or, or <laughs> whatever uh, you know, a million times. Uh, and I, I'll have you know, Oni, that uh, the henchmen of Colombian drug lords are, are taught some manners. They never <laughs> gang up on somebody who's defeated less than 10 of their own men. <laughs> so fair, that's just the way it is. Fair. Deal with I it. I need to see more Colombian <laughs> drug lord movies, I guess. Honorable. <laughs> I need to get that perspective. Day in the life. Yes. <laughs> and I know we can we can go over it later, too, when when we talk about could they have made the movie today. But uh, in the very beginning, when uh, the, the the main Colombian drug lord boss, I don't even know his name. I, I don't I didn't. None of their names stuck with me except for Cusack. So Luis. Is that? Yeah. Anyways, when he threatens Cusack <laughs> with uh, the Colombian necktie, I feel like nowadays we would have shown that instead of just barely lifting up the sheet of the dead guy and going, yep, we got the Colombian, you know. It would have just been like, we're so used to mm-hmm. it. Yeah, Camacho, that's the guy. Especially for a rated R film. You know, um, I'm surprised they didn't show it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Louis. Kind of, I guess, so for this, the rating R was just for the, the cursing, right? Just for the language only? I think in the overall violence. Oh, for that time, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what was the body count? Was anybody, 45. I, I wrote it down. The body count. Chuck Norris. Yeah. Like, I thought it Chuck was Norris specific. Seven. 40, yeah, 47 was it people for Chuck killed Norris? in that movie. Oh, okay. I must have missed two people. Not for Chuck Norris, but I think it was I think it was oh, overall okay. body count. So 47 people died in that movie in a semi-violent way. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not but, bad for rated yeah, R. that's not bad at all. But yeah, freaking... <laughs> Abe's like, that's not bad. That's not that bad. <laughs> no. You should see what I see every day. It's <laughs> <That's> Tuesday. <laughs> Just another day in the life of an L.A. cop. But, uh, yeah, actually, yeah. I was surprised with their I, – for I don't know why. I mean, there's plenty of movies that have addressed it for, you know, 50 years now, I guess. But I was surprised uh, pleasantly when they did kind of include that, you know, is it the truth that matters or is it, you know, only supporting your brothers in blue that matters? You know, no matter what they've done, you just support each other. You never rat each other out. And that was kind of a, I kind of like that, that they addressed that and, and it was an ongoing thing. It's, you know, it, it wasn't dropped right after that cop, you know, went to court and lied. It kept eating at him. And I like that a lot. Yeah, I think including the court scene was really, really big. I like that. Mm-hmm. What did you think, Richie? Well, I, uh, it sounds like I might be in the minority here, but. As much as I love Chuck Norris, I really did not like this movie. I did um, not expect that. It, it felt <laughs> shocking. That, that was no, surprising. I, 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 no, I love Chuck Norris, but this movie just felt, I don't know, it, it felt like 20 different vignettes, just one after the other, that didn't really have a central theme. I mean, I, I know there was some central themes, but it's like every scene... All right, this really has nothing to do with the last scene, but we'll just write a couple lines in there that make it uh, go together with something else that we talked about. I mean, it's it, it it almost felt to me like all right, let's just let's just come up with every possible cliche we can for an action movie and put it all in one big movie. 
you know, I mean, we, we have, you know, a, a, just a gratuitous scene of, you know, in a, I guess, a police gym doing karate. <laughs> I mean, no, for no the, reason. I that mean, was a then show. We, okay. Then we have. Then that we, was a show for all the extras. Mm-hmm. Then we have. <laughs> then we have a, uh, 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 you know, a police robot that we see for two minutes <laughs> in the beginning of the movie. And then we don't even talk about it until the very end when it saves the day. I mean, we have it's it's just like you know we have this this giant elaborate undercover sting with you know garbage trucks and people hiding in cemeteries and 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 all this other stuff that just makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, and then we somehow miss the gang full of you know people with automatic weapons you know, coming in. I mean, I don't know. It's the the movie for for an '80s action movie. It hit all the marks, but there definitely wasn't a, a cohesive plot. Uh, at least in my mind, <laughs> it, it was it was rough. It, it, this was a rough one for me. Oh, Jones, save the day. Yeah, I kind of get that. I... <laughs> well, okay, so. I'm going to be honest here. This is the very first Chuck Norris movie I've ever watched. Um, ever? I was never a big fan of him. Yeah, ever. Um, Insert gas audio right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, when I think 80s actions, I jump yep. to Schwarzenegger, Stallone, um, Van Damme. Oh, Van Damme. Um, I've never been mm. a big fan of Chuck Norris. So, this is actually the first movie I saw, and um, I'm kind of glad that I hadn't seen a lot. <laughs> Because oh. I don't think Chuck Norris is a very good actor, yep. number one. Um, and it's just like the cheese factor is really high. Uh, I'm a bit with Richie, especially in the gym training scene. That just seemed real cheesy. Like, okay, I know they, they have Chuck Norris and he's known for martial arts yeah. and they got to show it off. But like, that was completely unnecessary. <laughs> he didn't need that. Um, so yeah, it, it had its moments where it was like, oh my goodness, this is weird like uh, why is that scene in here um and it had some good action scenes um but overall i think the movie was a little bit cheesy but i think that's what you expect from 80s action crime dramas you know with with these kind of stars so overall did i enjoy it yes um would i watch it again not if i don't have to (laughs) So, don't, don't you know, this this is probably the last time I'll watch it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's just not, I don't know. And and I love action movies, but this one was, it, it missed the mark for me. So, yeah, o- overall, wow. you know, <laughs> My... fun for a, a bit. But I completely yeah. agree, Jones. <laughs> My dad would agree with you guys, too. Like, so I talked we're... to my dad this week about, you know, the podcast and the movie and he's like i'm not a big fan of chuck norris because it just seems so like his punches are very like john wayne fake you know like in in uh-huh. the movie obviously he's like i know he has martial arts background i know he actually does stuff like this but like actual like filming chuck norris fighting people like he's always hated it and i'm like yeah i get it but are you really gonna punch an extra in the face like <laughs> <laughs> Like no, <laughs> right? <You're> not. <laughs> but there's better ways to do it. And maybe it's his choreographer. Yeah, I think, yeah, the choreography that, is definitely that the, the fight sure. choreography is bad. 
Yeah. <laughs> I hate you all for the listeners out there. We need some rebuttals, and I understand. Put it in the chat. So, Put it in the comments. First of all, Mr. Richie. They showed this. They're setting things up for later on in the plot movie. Plot development, okay? Richie. Yes, plot development. I would have loved some plot development. Joe, there wasn't any. Uh, it was oh. just. It was just one paragraph to the next with nothing connecting them. Can someone disconnect his mic right now? Another gun without a brain, Jones. Another love gun without a brain. <laughs> Jones, as anyone who has been in a police station knows, the gym is the first thing you walk through. And sometimes you just got to watch him working out. Okay? Like I said, I think it was That's a great That's how they show. developed their uh, reputation. I love that scene where he's just kicking ass and he's shirtless, you know, just doing his kickboxing training. And he's looking at him and he's like, man, no, hold on, so that, great. All the extras in the background were I just love... focused on Chuck going, man, he's so kick-ass. <laughs> let me be clear. I enjoyed many of these scenes (laughs) as individual scenes you know if you just showed me if if you told me this was a collection of short films i probably would have loved it but the the movie though as one cohesive movie it just did i'm gonna send you a christmas card with just chuck norris shirtless from that scene you're like i know you love just the scene individually here you go Getting that for Christmas. <laughs> you know, he shows that a regular hairy-chested guy yeah. can look good with his shirt look, off. I, I don't know how old he was, Doesn't but have I mean, to like, be he looked great. Arnold. Yep. <laughs> he would have been 45, I believe, Chiseled, in this man. movie. Yeah. Chiseled. <laughs> from yeah, I got to agree, man. There, there's two robots in this movie, the Prowler and Chuck Norris. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's just okay. his performance is like really like, I don't know. It's he's kind of like rigid and he, he delivers his dialogue just with like yeah, no that's, emotion. That's what a lot of people so, have yeah. problems with when it comes to Chuck Norris is that, yeah, his his he can act. It's just the pigeon held type roles that he's in are very much. I'm a lone wolf. That's it. So he's gonna come mm-hmm. off as stone, rigid. I'm. I don't need help from anybody. I don't need to be babysitting a rookie. You know, this movie is quintessential Chuck Norris um, in his acting, talent, styles, oh, yeah. all of it. Uh, it's very, very much. I'm just. Uh, I think a lot of people called it like a, um, the favorite weathered wood chuck norris film <laughs> which just spoke volumes to me but I, lone wolf yep. mcquade there's a reason why he did that <laughs> movie you say like you talk everything was very much a malone wolf style mm-hmm. and yeah I, I have to agree with you guys it, it, it's difficult to to watch this movie especially nowadays like the, yeah speaking against your your fellow cop who clearly has so much evidence against him in the case enough that like no you planted that that gun mm-hmm. for sure uh it wouldn't be like that in this world and i think that was my major problem with the film like as an action film i loved it good scenes except for that bar scene that it's just not enough realism especially <laughs> when the whole movie is about a very real topic and i think that's what split the difference in my mind 
if you weren't talking about Colombian drug lords, <laughs> if you weren't talking <laughs> about and and yeah, Colombian, but you also had the Italian factor of Omerta, which is uh, Italian for for silence and honor, by the way, because they're. Uh, Mm-hmm. Their uncle, the overarching uncle for the Lunas, said Omerta to him <laughs> on his yacht. Yes, <laughs> which was great. Yeah, uh, but I mean, if you but with that bar scene does give us a really good quote yeah. from Norris. Yeah, I mean, like it's insert quote here, Jamie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, you don't want to be in here. What's your opinion? I'll beat it out. It's true, <laughs> but I just, I just. The realism factor of it all, the car chase too, like that would just seem pretty pretty fake. Uh, like a lot of it was really difficult to <laughs> to swallow on the realism spectrum, only because like, and if they weren't talking about a real fa- like real real topic that that gets brought up mm-hmm. in police academies and all of that stuff in the courtroom all the time, if they weren't talking about that real factor then I wouldn't care so much in this movie. But you have a very real overarching theme of either trust with one another or trust to the truth, which one you're going to pick. And I think that's what really, Mm -hmm. really tanked the movie in my heart for it. But I love the actual, like, film. Like I said, the trailer does not do it justice. It's not a comedy. I thought it was going to be like a buddy cop comedy movie (laughs) watching the trailer. No, (laughs) It's, it's very much not. That would have been better. I think it might have been better. <laughs> like, if it was a buddy cop. Yeah. <laughs> like, imagine Chuck Norris being in a, it would in have a helped. comedy buddy cop movie, right? In other words, you want Walker, uh, yeah. Texas Ranger, just yeah. set in Chicago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love Walker, Texas Ranger. All I need is all I need is, yeah. is a trivet, you know, and, and uh, you know, they'd be Give him, like, Chris Rock, set. you know? Uh, Trivet. <laughs> Trivet. Trivet. Excuse me. God. <laughs> Richie. And you know what? I've seen footage of Richie before he does a U-turn. He puts on his black glove and he just nails it and spins it around. Okay? That's why it's called the glove that is based department. based off of okay. actual footage. That was so great. I was like, oh yeah, black gloves coming out. Here, Here we, we go. go. Shit's about to get real. Yeah, the fact that he just goes into a police station, <laughs> takes the giant armor drunk, and basically walks out, no problem. Like, it's it's hard. You guys have some serious problems. <laughs> Whoever is your on-call guy, he is done. <laughs> I mean, like... Yeah, that was pretty... I, I, I could see his acting choice, though. His, his nickname in the movie is Stainless Steel. Right. So, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, perspective-wise, sure, he can be rigid. The whole movie is about how your whole force turned back on you, so you have no choice but to be a lone wolf. But I don't I don't think that uh, that's real at all. Like, it just would, would be I, real. I, I do wonder if, because it was written and intended to be um, Dirty yeah. Harry 4, a fourth Dirty Harry movie, if that's kind of why, because he's very uh, Clint Eastwood type character. Clint Eastwood turned it down, right? Which, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, he turned it down exactly. So I wonder if that's why it comes off that way, which is not what we want to see from Chuck Norris. Maybe here's another inaccuracy. Yeah, and that very well could be it. I mean, you figure. I mean, it, as far as fitting in the Dirty Harry universe, this would have fit perfectly for Harry Callahan. 
I mean, there's some, you know, if you had a character that had already been known to you, you know, and we already had, you know, three other movies worth of character mm-hmm. development, I, I feel like it probably could have been a little bit more successful instead of just all of a sudden, oh, here's Eddie Cusack, you know, most of the force hates him because he's a stickler for the rules or whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if we had already known more about Eddie Cusack beforehand, this movie probably could have been a whole lot more successful in my mind. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Coming in with yeah. that perspective, it kind of changes things. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Completely. You know, there was a part, and 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 this Richie made me think of this uh, when you're talking about how uneven things are, or where it seemed like it was meshed together. There's a part in the beginning when um, uh, there the cops are finally going into the building that has now already kind of been shot up and everything. And it's very quiet. No one's shooting at anyone yet that, you know, the robbers are getting their money collected and Chuck Norris is sneaking up the stairs. And then you have the two other cops. Um, what's their name? Is it Kate's? No, it's, uh, now we got to look at the names. I forgot. Oh, I can't look at What's the, the dude? Craigie, Craigie and his partner. Yeah. yeah, so they're going up the stairs up into the apartment, and at, and and there's a gunshot, and there's no reason for this gunshot. No one reacts to the gunshot at all. Like they don't hurry up and try to get up the stairs. Mm-hmm. There's just a random gunshot, and then it cuts back to Chuck Norris who hasn't shot anything. It cuts to the robbers; they haven't shot anything. And it's this really weird editing that I noticed like my second time watching it that didn't make any sense, and I was wondering. Why would they just throw the sound of a gunshot in there and no one's reacting to it? It was I don't know. It didn't make any sense to me. But yeah, so little things like that I can I can totally understand being frustrated with. That's my yeah, two I get cents. that. But no, that's a that's a good segue um, into a question that I have for you all, which is, um, what is your favorite or what do you think is the best or most memorable scene? From the movie, or even just a scene that you totally hated. I think the, uh, for me, what stands out the most has got to be uh, the scene that Oni has already railed against uh, several times. <laughs> but, you know, walking into the bar, you know, by completely by himself, you know, there's just 20 dudes just staring him down and, you know, you don't want to be here and. If I want your opinion, I'll beat it out of you. Yes, I mean, favorite line. Just, I mean, it's just it's it's as it's as eighties as you can possibly get, and oh, yeah. then he just goes in there and just absolutely just starts beating the fool out of the guy in the back room, and nobody does anything until he's done beating this guy up, <laughs> and then it's like, okay, guess we'll go after him now, right? <laughs> but then you know, and then you know, obviously he loses the fight, and ultimately. But they still don't. They still choose not to kill him then, because you know what kind of movie would it be if we just killed the killed the main character? You know, in the middle at the end of Act Two. Mm-hmm. I mean, so. But, so so for me, it's 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 simultaneously my favorite, but also it's memorable for how bad it is. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, I, I can it. understand. I that. think my favorite scene is whenever the car is in it. It's a 1975 Pontiac Firebird. It's great. Yeah. It's all rusted, too. I so, know. I mean, like, got yeah, 10 years of age on that body. <laughs> but yep. more real. Uh, I think the 
yeah, I think my favorite scene overall. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, it has to be the bar scene where all the cops are at, at, their, at the bar that they go to and the two hoods come in. Because that's actually based on real mm-hmm. events that actually happened in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and it's a, a Chicago bar on the north side where policemen typically gather. But that's that scene was just super funny. Because you just have these two guys who clearly didn't stake out the joint properly just walk in and try to hold it up, and then all these guns just get shown. <laughs> but you know, that's another one of that's that just all set scene is just yet another example of what proves my point. There was absolutely zero contribution yeah, to the story with that fair. scene. It was comic <laughs> like, relief, it, it did absolutely nothing, did absolutely nothing to serve the plot whatsoever. I mean, it shows that, you know, uh, cops are just, you know, average Joes going to the bar after after hours and then will show their guns if they try to get held up. Like, I, yeah. Uh, I think it shows restraint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it happened nowadays, those guys would have 12,000 bullets yeah, in their body. As soon as one gun shows, drop the gun. Like, and that's my big thing, too. Their reaction was so laid back, right? <laughs> They're like, yeah, we'll just hold the gun. All right, now you can drop it. No, in in a real tact scenario of that, even after hours for off-duty cops, it'd be like, you know, switch immediately into their, like, police officer persona. Drop the gun, drop the gun, drop the gun. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love how they, they put him to a well, radiator, and I, I too, think... and it's cold as shit. Right? It's cold as shit in Chicago at that time. And they they literally get these two, you know, robbers and cuff them and then put them literally in front of the radiator. Like, that's not going to burn them severely. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and maybe it's just kind of a, a, you know, because where I'm at may be different. But that's one of those those movie cliches of, you know, all the cops going to the bar after when they're off duty and all that. But at, at least around here, you don't carry your firearms with you, or or at least, and you don't show up in uniform and start yeah, go nope. drinking. Um, it's big, you know. And and maybe it's just maybe maybe I'm ignorant just because of where I'm from down here in the south. But yeah, that doesn't happen yeah, around doesn't here. Happen so around here either. For me, that's one of those things. That's one of those cliches that just kind of has always bugged me because yeah, you just don't. Gun do safety that. is huge everywhere to anybody who has you know permits to carry a weapon. Like, and that's like almost egregiously offensive to gun carriers because they're very much like, if I'm going to drink, I won't have my firearm on me, period. Like, or if I do have it, it's like in the car or somewhere else. Like they, cause they understand gun safety is absolutely important. And that's the first line of defense for anybody who owns a gun is to not be another statistic when it comes to gun. So yeah, I, I agree with that. That's a... That's sending the wrong message nowadays, and I think it's very cliched. Uh, in Los Angeles, this is a very common practice, and it's why L.A. is crime-free. You're welcome. <laughs> a little bit of trivia for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, what about man. you? Yeah. Um, okay. I know we have a... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get right into my least favorite line. 
and it bothered me the entire movie because I, I like it was like okay when they when they get the two Colombian guys who are part of the shooting and they bring them to I guess it was the back of their was it their police station or I can't remember now where they're like they're threatening them and it's just the two guys in the very beginning of the movie the and morgue? one of the cops was it the morgue yeah maybe it was but they so they have them sitting down next to each other and they're trying to show how everybody's so tough oh, no, it was, was uh, I think station. it was with the Colombian yeah, yeah, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. guy the Colombian bodybuilder guy but um, one of the the cops goes, "Hey, why why a Camacho's like a cue ball? The harder you hit them, the better their English gets." And it doesn't make any sense. It's the dumbest <laughs> fucking thing. Like, is this this is how you want to look tough? How, what what do you mean? I don't it's, understand. Is the English supposed to be the equivalent to shooting straight? Yeah. Like when you the harder you hit a cue ball, the more it breaks apart the other balls, and that translates to speaking english if you're human what like i don't i don't get that i feel like he had to have been uh, related to the director and the director's like oh i'm gonna make you look like a badass here say this line i wrote for you three good minutes cop, ago bad cop man you got three bad cops and one good cop in there you're gonna bound to say something dumb <laughs> that's a very real scenario well, just slap that's why they do a tag team not not three versus one just book them He's like, Chuck so Norris was so annoyed too. Like after, like you could tell as he's delivering his one line in there, book him. Like this is this farce has gone on long enough. Yeah, actually, what people don't know is good cop, bad cop refers to good joke cop, bad joke cop. So that was the bad yeah. joke cop. They're like, oh my god, that was terrible, Frank. Frank, get out of here. I'm so sorry, guys. Bad I'm sorry gun, about Frank's you're suspended with pay for. A week, get out of here. <laughs> and then, and then, if you remember in the bar too, when um, when Chuck Norris walks in after the, I think it's after the guys have robbed, yeah, after the guys have robbed, try, attempted to rob the place, and Dennis Farina's character is with the mm-hmm. girls, and he's like alligator uh, farming. Hey, this uh, she's a dental, yeah, she's a dental hygienist. She gives good oral. She's always oral. Wink, and wink. Then turns to the girl behind, and she's a proctologist. Don't turn back on her. <laughs> and there's like he and he pauses, like he's waiting for everybody to break right. out in laughter. <laughs> hey, that's the best pickup lines I've ever heard. Like, what are you talking about, man? I'm sure you've oh, said man. some, yeah, some those... corny jokes like that. <laughs> I I do not, sir. I never do. Yes, it's, it's yeah. a clean record of you? corny jokes. Mm-hmm. I'll find a few. I'll just use the Discord uh, search. I'll find a few. I'm sure there's some, they're out there. <laughs> but so yes, it sounds I, like some I, of the best. In... Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead, Jamie. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I was just gonna say I did like though the uh, the Prowler mm-hmm. scene, <clears throat> Richie, um, because I liked <laughs> the deeper meaning of man versus machine, and that you'll never be able to replace. A man's intuition and his relationship with his tool, with a machine, a lifeless, heartless machine. No, I robot really that has really a mustache. Sold it for me. I mean, yeah, you know, to be so against the prowler. <laughs> I mean, old Eddie Cusack sure uh, put it to some great use later in the movie. So I mean, he did because yeah, he had no choice. So like, I, I, I guarantee mean, you, he would have rather not have used that, but. 
It did take out literally all of the yeah, but forces, you can't but like three people. Yeah, but you can't take you can't take this huge philosophical stand, and then you know forty five minutes later in the movie, like with no explanation <laughs> whatsoever. You know, it's not like it's not like somebody's like you know, hey man, I think we need to use that prowler. It no explanation whatsoever. It's just like, all right. This, this thing that I just made this really big deal about, including pointing my gun at my boss's face <laughs> in the middle of a crowd of people, you know, to prove a point. Oh, no, I'm just going to show up with this thing now and we're just going to wreck things. I mean, no explanation whatsoever. No lead up to it. It's just like, oh, snap your fingers and now you know here's really the Prowler. What I really about the Prowler? Eddie. The fact that it was a demo unit. What? <laughs> like it, it was. It wasn't oh, yeah. even like a production oh, yeah. line unit. It was. It was like the first, first prototype. <laughs> and you're like, how is this prototype that good? <laughs> that's never the case for all you 3D printers yeah, my, out yeah. there. You already. Know. He was just using. He was just using the. He was just using the shareware prowler. Imagine if he had paid. I love how the they. Full, you know the full. I loved how they said lightweight, <laughs> hand, like remote, for the prowler. That thing was giant. Like that's literally like. A baby, you're carrying a, a newborn infant in your hands. Like that thing was huge. Like I love how they're like lightweight, handheld, remote control, and I'm like, no. <laughs> like that was the biggest joke of the whole yeah. movie. Was that joke? I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, Cusack doesn't need a reason, Richie. <laughs> he can change his mind at the drop of a dime, and you will be okay with I that. Have a, I have a question for the and group, second for of that all, specific thing, but continue. Uh, okay, okay. And, and second, that scene was really meant to show off Frazier's dad <laughs> and that he does have history with the police force. End of discussion. Yeah, he's, se- Go he's ahead, second Odie. generation, man. That's important. <laughs> it's very important. Yeah. Uh, and so... <clears throat> I know we're talking about seeds. There's one scene in particular that that uh, kind of, again, it just realism just out the window. My question for you guys is, you know, when he's in the art gallery and then he walks in the back of the art gallery, finds people just doing cocaine, the artists and, and his groupies, and then uses the phone, announces basically that he's a cop. Yeah. And then, like, does that and just walks out of there. So for a straight shooter like this individual is supposed to be, why does he not arrest people doing cocaine just blatantly in front of them? Because now that guy is an informant. See, Everybody knows that was this my is how you build too. relationships. That now I let you go, you owe me You one. know, if Eddie Cusack knows anything... Yeah, if he if Eddie Cusack knows anything, it's how to pick his battles. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you. Good point, Richie. Yeah, maybe he had uh, he had bigger fish to fry, so a low level drug bust wasn't uh, wasn't something that he was interested at that moment. Mm-hmm. I think it just flies in the face of hypocrisy. I mean, like obviously, I'm not a police officer. Yeah, uh, I'm not, and uh, I don't want to. Like, I, I would never make a good cop, like, that's for people, not me, but, like, <laughs> seeing do crime. This is why you got kicked yeah, off the force, Sony. But this is, you see crime happen, why are you not intervening? I don't, I don't know, man. I know it's not cut and dry like that, but that, that seems like, sure, just <laughs> doing 
cocaine. You could have at least brought him in for questioning where they got the cocaine, all that other fun stuff, but sure. Yeah, I think that was like you mentioned uh, the uselessness of the robbers yeah. in the in the bar. I think that was another comic comic relief scene, you know, to show the expression. They do the coke, and then he t- and then he reveals he's a cop, and then they kind of yeah, freak out like, a little it, bit. They didn't need to be doing yeah. coke in that scene whatsoever, unless it's like playing to the mentality of the '80s and coke is the real pro- is a big problem. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm just guessing. Well, you know, I don't even think. I mean, it, it was the '80s. I don't even think that was in the script. <laughs> just, and people were doing coke. And like, hey, you know, we got the cameras. Might as well just make use of it. So. That is actually a producer. <laughs> it could be. That's like that's very valid. He forgot he was on a on the on the uh, <laughs> doing a movie right now, and he's like, "Oh my god, we really it's a cop here." It was all real expressions. <laughs> all right, so um, well, let's just ask the next question then. Um, could this movie be made today? I mean, in some way, shape, or form, probably. I mean, the the cop movie, you know. That genre, I think, is one of those things that will probably always be um, something that can work when done appropriately. Um, you know, especially with you know the climate of the last few years. You know, the idea of a good cop taking on a corrupt force. I mean, that that's that's probably something that you can still do. Now, I don't think. From an action movie perspective, I don't think people would be okay with just random gratuitous punching and kicking. Um, you know, I, I do think today's moviegoers want a little bit more plot, a little bit more connection and story. But, you know, you could probably still make something very similar to this movie today. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I, I, I feel like... If it was made today, it would be an immediate like B movie with actors you might not know or who haven't really been in the game for a while. Because I, I, I don't know. I just I don't feel like uh, big studios, unless it was like a, a comeback movie for Liam Neeson again or something, you know, I don't see them backing these movies as much anymore. Anytime I see like a rogue cop movie, it's always this direct-to-video on Amazon Prime, and you're like, what? When did this movie come out? Oh, like a month ago? And who are these actors? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I can't see it being a big theater movie release anymore. I'm going to say no. I don't think it will be able to be made nowadays. And the only reason for that is if we want nostalgia of the look of tweed and wool on absolutely everybody in a, you know, in a justice department, we got law and order for that. So I don't think we need to do that. And we don't need – we have the internet, so we don't need a, a, a tour guide of Chicago in any way, shape, or form because there was <laughs> it was all shot in Chicago and literally you went everywhere. You got the Lincoln Zoo, the – where else? You got uh, the you know downtown offices, the Chicago Cultural Center, the L train, Chicago <laughs> River because they jumped off of that in slow-mo. Like, nope, I, we're good. We got everything we need. I don't think it'll be, would even be, if it was pitched, they're going to be like, no, nobody needs another Rambo movie. We're good. Yes, we do. <laughs> what? Without Rambo, no. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, without Rambo. Yeah, gotcha. 
<laughs> Got the Expendables. Yeah, movie. I, I think the movie could totally be made today. There's there's always um, rooms out uh, room out there for really cheesy cop movies that you know mm-hmm. try a little too hard to be dramatic and end up being almost funny. Um, I think I can see this totally direct to video, like Jamie mentioned, going straight to Amazon Prime or Hulu, um, coming mm-hmm. straight to DVD or Blu-ray. Um, there's always room for these kind of cheesy movies, and unfortunately, plenty of them get made. So I could totally see this movie scene for scene being made today. <laughs> um, how many people watch it is a different story, but I don't think there's anything about it that would stop it from being made. Yeah, or anything that would but, make uh, it a, a good movie. Well, a better yeah, movie, I should exactly. say. <laughs> no, you're right. It's not a, it's not a good up. movie to no, make. No, I corrected myself. Right. There's nothing that can make it a good movie. I'm editing all this out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's let's get to what uh, I've been looking forward to the most, which is uh, your favorite Chuck Norris joke. Oof. Uh, for me, okay, all right, all right. Um, when God said, let there be light, Chuck Norris said, say please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's a good one. I like it. <laughs> it's so hard to only pick one, but... Uh... It really it Chuck is. Norris's mother called him Charles once. Once. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <clears throat> yeah, it's so hard. We I wish we could go down like the top one hundred. In case anyone doesn't know, Chuck Norris's calendar goes straight from March thirty first to April second because no one fools Chuck Norris. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's a good one. Oh, man. I I like the the this the quick simple one. So so probably my favorite one is Chuck Norris expects the Spanish Inquisition. Yep. <laughs> I, I think that's that's one of my favorites. Short and sweet. But like you guys said, there's so many. We could go through dozens oh, of these. I, yeah, I had a list. Um, I would uh, totally love to hear though from the listeners in, in the comments. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have like a list of like twelve. You want to know what Chuck Norris's favorite um, joke is though? Because he does have a favorite joke uh, of of all the Chuck. Oh, I would love to. It was said on uh, February eighth, two thousand six, when he was on the television talk show, the best damn sports show. Period. Uh, He said uh, his favorite joke about himself was they wanted to put Chuck Norris's face in Mount Rushmore, but the granite wasn't hard enough for his beard. (laughs) <laughs> oh man that's so good that is such a good one. Oh man that's a good one to have a favorite of oh i i and, I, I, and daily's not here but daily did send us one um so daily's um top chuck norris joke the quickest way to a man's heart is with chuck norris's yep, fist yep. that's true <laughs> Oh, man. I wish I could remember these. I want to use them. That one's a good one. You can use an everyday conversation, I feel like, when you're talking about, hey, what's the quickest way to a woman's heart? Uh, I know what the quickest way to a man's heart is. I love that. <laughs> All you have to do is just pause your conversation so you're having good. with another person and be like, hold on, I need to listen to this podcast real quick. Yeah. That's right. 
I remember when these started getting really popular and we would sit at the office all day and just laugh at the, every single one we would find on Google. Yeah. It was, it's, it was so crazy that especially Jones, after you saying that this was the first movie you saw, but yet for some yeah. reason, Chuck Norris above Arnold, above Stallone, above Jean-Claude Van Damme, he's the one that gets these, this like, infamy you know he this is he's immortal because of these jokes more than anything i feel like yeah well and see i'll tell you this too if you've ever um wanted more chuck norris there's the official chuck norris fact book it is one of the best books i've ever owned in my life 101 of chuck's favorite facts and stories actually written by chuck himself with all of his favorite uh chuck norris jokes although he calls them Chuck Norris facts, <laughs> like how he can kill two stones with one bird. Um, but uh, and he actually includes a lot of um, anecdotes and stories from his own life. Almost, it's kind of biographical, um, and uh, it, it's really neat to see like him talk about things that have actually, you know, the things he's done. Along with the humor of having these jokes in there. Does does he have the one where he oh, can, he that. counted to infinity twice? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> and in there, um, at the at the time, I think the thing that sticks with me the most is he talks about a um, the joke when Chuck Norris does a push up. He doesn't push himself up. Yeah, he pushes the world down. <laughs> but that. he actually made this video, like you know, through editing and everything of him doing this and it was i don't remember all the exact story but it was like a kids like a make-a-wish kids thing or something like that like so it was actually really cool to read you know him doing this thing for like the sick kid or something like that that's pretty cool that's awesome awesome love to hear it really good but yeah i'd love to hear from the listeners out there what their favorite chuck norris joke is um hit us up on twitter or make a comment on youtube um, there's tons of these out there. So, yeah, I'd love to hear what the audience favorites are. So let's uh, let's yeah. see what the what your guys' final thoughts are and what um, what rating you would give it. Um, let's go ahead and rate this one um, out of five Chuck Norris fists. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's it's funny that uh, uh, supposedly this is Chuck Norris's favorite film mm-hmm. of his own. And then it's the second behind Missing in Action. It's the second most profitable or most successful Chuck Norris film, which is kind of crazy. Like I would say Invasion USA would be up there with, or Delta Force would be up there with Missing in Action. Right, not, any of the Delta Force. Yeah, not not uh, not this one necessarily. But because I have a soft spot for anything 80s, uh, I'll give it, I will give it, 10 out of 5 Chuck Norris's fists. No, I'm just kidding. I will give it I'll give it 3 out of 5 fists. That's quite the fisting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Woo. Going to have to get that explicit tag on this one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will not be putting a visual with that. <laughs> Please don't. Um uh, want to not get demonetized immediately before we even ever monetized. Um <laughs> For me, uh, man, like I, I thought it was a pretty decent film. Um, I'm going to probably go with the consensus of, of two and a half Chuck Norris fists, in my opinion. Yeah, I just, man, 
I'm surprised at how well this is done as far as Chuck Norris movies go. Um, because I really, like I said, I struggled with this one. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, despite, despite how great it was to see Ralph Foodie, uh, in this movie. Yes. As, um, as a detective, uh, oh gosh, now I can't even remember his Craigie. name. Um, Craigle, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Detective Craigle. You know, despite seeing him in here and hearing just his iconic voice, um, I, I gotta go just two, two Chuck Norris fists. He only needs one, so the fact that he went that's with two fair. is that's great. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's um, that's pretty much in line with me, uh, Richie. Um, and and same thing about Ralph Foody. Um, he's one of the first lines in the movies. Mm-hmm. You just hear his voice, it's and you're like, hey, "That's the guy from Home Alone." Like that's that that fictional mm-hmm. movie that they made, and uh, yeah, yeah, his voice is just like super unique. Um, Star of so, yeah. Angels with Filthy Souls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so like, I mean, I think most people could quote his line from that, and uh, it's 100%. just like so good. Oh yeah, yeah. I I was um, hoping he would be like something more, but he ends up being you know the jerk who who um, shoots a kid and plants a gun on him. And, mm-hmm. Which is, I guess, kind of in line with uh, Angels with Filthy Souls, his character in that. So, <laughs> But yeah, I, I got to give it two Chuck Norris fists out of five also. Um, I wish it could be more, but you know, it's it's just not that great Bef- of a movie. Before we end this episode, <laughs> Sorry, uh, I think it's really important to talk about um, uh, Henry Silva, as he did pass away this year. Oh, yeah. He was uh, 94, oh, he? I... uh, but uh, he did pass away this September, actually. It wasn't too long ago. Um, so rest in peace, Henry Silva. You were an iconic bad guy, villain, head of every mob party ever. Like You were, you were a great mm-hmm. actor, man. You are missed. Well, and, and just on that, just on that subject, too... I do think we kind of glossed over this, but there are so many what I would consider iconic actors in this mm-hmm. movie. You know, yeah. Dennis Farina as uh, Detective Dorado, Henry Silva, like we said, you know, Ralph Foodie. I mean, just, you know, uh, Ron Dean um, and there's Detective Brennan. Just there are so many people who, you know, just you see them and they're just automatically iconic in this movie mm-hmm. which yeah. you know really makes me wish it was a better movie <laughs> exactly <Yeah. laughs> and then we we kind of glossed over too that dennis farino was an actual on the job police officer when he made this film this was just like a side gig for him trying to get into acting yeah and he was an actual that's cop awesome. in chicago which is kind of crazy that's pretty cool and then uh, I, I guess this kind of reflects everyone's uh opinion here but we uh b- before we go rotten tomatoes it has an audience score of 51 percent with a critics or tomato meter is that the critic yeah. score yeah I think yeah that's a critic score, right is uh 70 that's a huge difference hmm. wow that's a big disparity well they're scared of chuck wonder uh, that has to do with Obviously. the yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. what it is. It's pretty clear. They know. <laughs> you label it at least a B, or you're going to get punched. <laughs> like, we know. 
He doesn't even have to. He does it over the phone. He punches you through the phone. <laughs> the audience score lines yeah. up with ours pretty well. That's uh, yeah, that's I'd say so. And then I don't know if you guys caught it, but there is an exceptionally quick cameo by Lou Ferrigno as one of the EMTs. Yep. Mm-hmm. And if you watch in the beginning, it's a complete like it's it's just normal EMT actors, and then only in the moment that they have to lift up Dennis Farino and put him in the ambulance, that's when it's Lou Ferrigno. This <laughs> and and it's funny because it's such a drastic size difference from the EMT that comes in with the gurney to the EMT that lifts him, and it doesn't make any sense, but it's <laughs> it's so fun. Oh man, you gotta love the eighties, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So what are we going to do next? All right, yeah, let's head over to the next movie channel. Let's give us the next movie. So come on, Donatello, give us a good one. Our next one will be from the 90s. Let's see what we get. What dreams may come. Donatello says, what dreams may come. Yeah, 1998. We're going to have some serious conversations. Jeez. It's going to be a good one. Yeah. An interesting one. All right. right. Definitely guys. a departure from what we've been doing, but mm-hmm. should be yeah. fun. <clears throat> good. We uh, ha- it'll be our first kind of serious. That's gonna be hard, man. I don't think I've seen. Uh, I don't think I've watched a Robin Williams since, movie yeah. since he passed away. Yeah. It's gonna make me really sad. I'm excited to talk about this one. Wow. Yeah. No. Be an interesting one. All right, guys. So um, that's this episode. Uh, thank you for joining us for Code of Silence. Um, thank you for listening to the Death of VHS, and uh, for the home viewers out there on what that watch us on YouTube. Thank you to you. We appreciate you all. Uh, have a have a great day. See you guys next time. See you later, y'all. The Death of VHS is recorded and produced by John Walls. Dylan Bailey, Jamie Johnson, Abe Ponce, and me, Richie Stevens. Editing by Jamie Johnson. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, at DeathOfVHS, and come join us on our Discord to hang out uh, with us and other fans and to discuss the latest episode. You can find the link for our Discord in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on The Death of VHS.